0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show, because it is Friday and we're only three minutes late. I think that's broken all records for us, but there you go. Uh, But it proves that it's live, of course, and uh, I am very much alive, even if it is a Friday. And I, of course, am Stamford Chidge, and I am joined, uh, as ever, by the well-travelled, weather-worn Mr. Jonathan Kidd.
1: Yes, up to, to grim leads in the far reaches of the north of England. How did I make it? Hours and hours of travel and a lovely, lovely victory. And then back home and recovering for weeks and weeks in a in a decompressorized chamber, whatever you call it. Anyway, I'm talking rubbish. Yeah, yeah. yeah, lovely to be on the show.
0: Yeah, good yeah. to see you. It always helps when we win, doesn't it? And uh, we'll be talking all about that, obviously. Uh, but who have we got on the show tonight? J.K.? <laughs> Wit,
1: knowledge... Um, what else? Uh, but what about you guys? <laughs> oh, it is, of course, the excellent Martin Wickham.
0: Hello,
2: everyone, and a late substitution as well. Yeah, so, yeah. That,
0: that's right. Because uh, Clayton is in the doghouse, having had too much football last weekend. So uh, we, we've uh, we've recruited you as our I did, our I did, actually
2: see, I, I did see him Sunday as well. Cause yeah, well I Because we popped along King, King's Meadow. So.
0: I know. He's he,
3: Andreas Christensen, injured in the warm-up.
0: Something like that, something like that. Uh, But a self-inflicted injury, I believe. But there you go. Uh, And as you've also heard, for a second week in a row, this this time live and direct from England, not Portugal, we have the absolutely lovely Liam Toomey from The Athletic. Good evening, Liam.
3: Hello. Yeah, I figured it was an easier commute to Wembley from from London, from where I am now. Yeah.
0: Many would say it isn't, actually. Uh, <laughs> me included, actually. I'm not looking forward to Twice time. in a week, Gage. Twice. I mean, actually, I live, you know... I live next door to Wembley minutes. and it's yeah, a ball like I know. Well, in all seriousness, tomorrow, I think, is the first time I've had to venture forward to Wembley from Winchester rather than Pimlico. So... That's going to be a bit of a chore, but there we go. Sailor V, I'd rather be doing it than not doing it. That's for sure. Now, before we get into all of that, part one, obviously, we're going to have a look at the uh, the Leeds Chelsea match, and uh, we'll catch up with Liam on the press conference from today with Mr. Tuchel. Uh, part two, we've got a fantastic opposition view again. We've got a very special guest coming back on the show, having been on it when we last played Liverpool. The fantastic Tony Evans, who is a, a, a highly esteemed and estimable football writer and then part three of course we're going to wrap up with our own preview of the fa cup final but to kick it off i mean you know on monday we were you know i think understandably twitchy about this particular match but bless me the boys uh i think you know it just goes to show really jk doesn't it when you score an early goal we've been saying this for weeks when we score an early goal it becomes a very different game um and when we don't score an early goal, it becomes interminable and we twitch and we freak out and invariably we throw a result away. So well done. What beautifully worked goal as well, actually, it has to be said.
1: I think, yes, the, the, the confidence of the team was just fantastic after the goal. And I think also it, it's so dispiriting for the opposition. And that's the trouble. It doesn't matter how much you you uh, run rings around them. But we scored the goal and then ran rings around them and they just, they they weren't very good. But at the same time, I think they were heavily demoralised by both the uh, um, the way we played, which was um, uh, great, as, as Dukal said, great precision, energy, and the right approach to, to um, the way he wants them to play in that situation. I think also ta- tactically, he was on the um, he was on the money. I think he he played uh, Mount in a slightly different position, so he did, they came through unmarked on several occasions when um, uh, they weren't suspecting that they would they would have so much space. But Mount played out of his skin. Um, Rhys James is fantastic. I love the fact that Mount, when Mount plays well, he seems to get into a position when the team's playing well. They play these wonderful triangles, Pulisic and Alonso on the left, and he's playing them with, with uh, Rhys James as well, just by the, um, by the corner flag, and they get the ball across really quickly, and, uh, and Lukaku, of course, was, was was about £50 million pounds worth. Yes, yeah, I to...
0: loved your comment in the fan buy. He's worth, well, I don't know, maybe £50 million quid. Yeah, about £50 million. But I know, it was a
1: much better performance. as what It you was. Expect.
0: It was. Well, I, as you said all round, I, I thought Pulisic was really impressive, Martin. Yeah, I, very thought, impressive. I thought I yeah. thought uh, Mount and James were, you know, the yardstick again. Uh, best players on the pitch for me. And I thought it was really nice to see Chaloba get a recall. Yeah, we
2: thought he was in the, the doghouse for some strange reason. I think some of that was utterly ridiculous reporting that there'd been some sort of, um, he'd been shown his mistakes by Thomas Tuchel and then someone pointed out, hello, welcome to video analysis, all clubs do it. Um, Yeah, it's just good to see him back. Um, Helped by Leeds, been incredibly shit, although admittedly in the first 10 minutes I did tweet something along the lines of this could be 7-5 because I think our defence resembled an automatic door to start with then settled down a bit, early goal always helps on main proponent of that score early and then all the shit housing and time wasting is going to have no effect um and Leeds, you know proved it's possible you can't you know there is a fine balance between putting pressure on a team in a hostile environment and just being thuggish and Leeds went way over the other side because they decided oh we we can't play we can't play football, so we're just going to kick the shit out of people. To my shame, I'm, I reacted the same way as um, Sky did when James got red carded. Because like, what the fuck's that for? I actually thought he'd been red carded for dissent because there was such a pause between the foul, him saying something, and then the red card getting produced. And then I've watched the replay and gone, "Yeah, you can't really kung fu kick people in the ankle. It's not right."
0: Oh, mate, it was a leg breaker. But you're no, you're, you're right. Challenge. I mean, even even the the. Ever so not biased against Chelsea commentary team from Sky were slightly surprised and then saw it saw the replay and it was just so obviously a red card. I mean red card for you, Liam, I mean it's a pretty nasty challenge, wasn't it? And of course it it, it now seriously jeopardizes, which I think is very sad. It jeopardizes Kovacic's uh chance to play in the cup final. Of course he's got history in cup finals and I suspect he was looking forward to trying putting it
3: right. Yeah, absolutely. Clear red card. Um and yeah, you could see in Kovacic's face afterwards, even as he was being abused by fans behind the visiting dugout. Um, you could see in his face that he was he thought he was going to miss the cup final. So, which is why it's a bit surprising to hear Tuchel say that he's even in with a chance. Um, and and even stranger to hear him say that. I'm pretty sure he said that you know I was watching today on the press conference. I'm pretty sure he said that there was a, an existing tear in one of the ligaments and that. Almost helped Kovacic because it didn't Because snap. he, yeah, he already had a sort of hyper flexibility in his ankle that you wouldn't normally have because of the injury that he, that he was carrying, mm. Um and it sort of almost limited the damage.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I read, uh, I, I, I wasn't there, obviously. You know, I didn't even see it, but I did read up on it afterwards, and I, I took exactly what you have from that, which it, it does sound a bit weird, but there is kind of some weird logic to it. I mean, let's hope he has a chance. I, I suspect not. We'll get on to That later, um, and well, the reaction leads crowd was just completely appalling. You were not happy with them at all, were you? I thought, it was what do you sick. expect? They hate us, no, I know, but and they're you know, ignorant.
1: Called rent boys as a consequence yeah. of somebody almost having broken their leg, and nothing happens about it. And also, he's only a poor little, ey op,
0: ey op lad! it's just banter, sure.
1: yeah. that's what they'd say, yeah. About our...
0: Mate, you just need to go up to the... I mean, this is not just a Leeds thing, by the way. I'm going to be, I suppose, quasi-racist about Yorkshire people here. Um, you know, I, I go to Headingley a lot for the test matches. You just have to sit on the Western Terrace for a test match to get an, an idea of what they're like. Bo- oh Boorish doesn't even cover it. No, oh, my no. God. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. No,
2: there is that Twitter account that is just called, of course it's Yorkshire. And you, <laughs> and you can work out the content on there. <laughs>
0: What's this like that MP, isn't it? He? He's he's got himself into trouble about food banks. Um, he's he's Lee he's, Anderson or something. The,
2: yeah, he's thicker than a fucking castle wall. There that was uh,
0: somebody put um, uh, one of the far show sketches on with Harry Enfield playing a a, a George, Oh, George Whitebread. Yeah, yeah, it was. hilarious. I got
2: two words for that: shite. What's,
0: What's the, the other, other one? one? Shite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. I hadn't seen that for years. It really made me cackle. Um, no, no, that that was he actually going to
2: take this onto cricket very briefly that sketch i think the one you're talking about actually predicted the yorkshire cricket club racism scandal really look at it again okay. and look at what he says to one of the one of the people in oh, the room yeah, yeah 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 you'll never you'll never play for Yorkshire. <laughs> no offense lad. You'll never France, play for no offense lad you'll never play for Yorkshire. anyway
0: we, we have yorkshire people in uh in uh mixler so we're going to rein it in um anyway uh moving swiftly along jk uh-huh. oh dear oh dear oh dear um what, what on earth do we do about Lukaku? I mean, he played well the other day and he's, he scored two goals. I thought he played well. I thought he was even better uh, last night. Scored, I mean, the goal was a bit of a farce because he should have actually put it in first time and almost, well, well, made, a, almost made a meal of it. But he, yeah, yeah. he scored a, a really excellent lob, which was only a Natscock offside. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was brilliant last night. I mean, he's yeah. now scored three and two. What but the it, bloody hell are we supposed to do with him?
4: Yeah, uh, it's what
1: you're. It's what was was supposed to have bought, isn't it? He makes more of a. He makes an effort. You wonder why isn't he making an effort? It's all down to making an effort. He was actually running really quickly. At Maybe he's the looking other, for somebody to buy pool. him. And uh, well, there was always that possible. Or Perhaps he was trying to. to um, influence the new owners not to sell him. I don't know. I what you know. Even he's had a go at the agent, hasn't he? The agent as well.
0: A yeah. Well, I'm going to ta- talk- Whether
1: that's true or not.
0: Talk so. to Liam about that in a sec because yeah, he might have some yeah. info that we don't. But I think just on the footballing side, I mean, I know we've been coating him off for weeks, and I think, frankly, fully deserved. Absolutely. Fully deserved, but actually, we're quite simple folk supporters. If you do what you're supposed to do which is to play bloody well and score lots of goals, we 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 will love you. It really is that simple. Put in the effort, do your job, we will love you. Stink the place out, moan and sulk, you can fuck off. Basically, I mean, we're very simple football supporters. I think
1: it's caused us not to debate whether he should be picked tomorrow,
0: hasn't it? Well, we're going we're gonna. I can't wait to tuck into that one in part three, but that's going to certainly kick that one off, Liam. Um. Because I think why not just meld the, pre- the presser into what we're talking about generally, really. kind of makes <laughs> sense. Um, somebody, I don't know who, asked a question of Tuchel about the fact that his agent's been uh, sounding out about uh, uh, talking, having a meeting directly with the owners, as in Ted Boley, I presume, i.e. bypassing uh, Tuchel. Tuchel absolutely got the point and said, well, that sounds like he doesn't want to have a meeting with me and he's absolutely welcome to if he... And I love the, 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 what he said if he can get a meeting, which I thought was very good. And then, of course, Lukaku puts an Instagram post out saying, I, it didn't happen, never happened. I have to be honest, Liam, I'm 56 and horribly cynical. Bullshit, I'm crying. I think he probably did. Well, I think I think that Lukaku is, is involved in that and wants to go, so I'm not having that. It's easy to say, well, whether, no, I didn't.
3: Well, whether or not he wants to go is, I think, a slightly different matter to what's happened today where you know Federico Pastorello who it must be said has had a very long standing um and good relationship with Chelsea as a club dating all the way back to I think the late 90s I think he was involved in some of the deals to bring the Italians to Chelsea back then um and he's he certainly maintained that during the Abramovich era he he took over Lukaku's already switched agents once um (laughs) because he was a Raiola client of course when Chelsea missed out on him in in 2017 and Pastorello took over, and and I think you know his connections at Chelsea probably helped facilitate that deal, as did the ninety seven point five million pounds. Um, but a large part of me thinks that you've kind of failed as an agent when your own client is is issuing statements saying he doesn't speak for me, because that's literally your job to speak for them um, privately, usually. Um, it's very unusual for for agents to give interviews in public and when they do it doesn't usually work out very well for anyone involved it just usually generates noise Uh, as Tuchel said you know after the Kaku Sky Italy interview back in December it generates noise that we don't want and and again this has come at a very inconvenient time for everyone associated with Chelsea, it's on the eve of an FA Cup final that Lukaku is hoping to start. Lukaku has, as you've discussed, you know, shown much greater effort and much improved performances in the last few games. He clearly wants to try to finish the season um, as well as he can and, and be a part of any success that Chelsea do have. And he's at least showing a willingness to to get some sort of productive um, relationship with Tuchel back. Because I don't think it's really been there for most of the season. And comments like Pastorello's um just kind of torpedo all of that because of course, of course, they're waiting. Agents of every Chelsea player are, are waiting right now. You know, there are there are quite a few players that are assessing their futures, whether they're out of contract soon or not, or, or maybe they're weighing up, you know, when to open contract talks. There are all sorts of reasons why Chelsea first-team players and their, their agents are waiting to see what happens with this ownership situation, sort of waiting in line to try and talk to, not necessarily Todd Bowley, but if it's Marina Granovskaya who stays in place or whoever the new football executive might be. Um, so I, I didn't see any need for the comment, really. Uh, when, was, when was, was that a...
2: interview done liam sorry well this is the, is the
3: other aspect that was, well, isn't it
2: well the bit that stood out to me was we don't know who the new owner is going to be now if he gave yeah. that interview a few weeks back okay fair enough todd bowley's had preference for the last week so if he's said it in the last few days it's just fucking stupid
3: Well, that would suggest, as you say, Martin, that there's probably been a lag time, as there was with the Lukaku interview, which took about three weeks to be published. And was eventually, when it was published, it was published horribly out of context because Lukaku was actually playing reasonably well, as he is now. Um, That's the other problem with doing these interviews uh, as an agent full stop. But you can't control when they're run. Once you answer these questions, the, the journalists, the media outlet uh, are in control of how they how they manage the rollout of that. And, um, and they usually do it, you know, on the eve of a big game. Uh, that, that's what they did. That's what Sky Italy did in January, you know, sort of on the eve of the Liverpool game, um, which got Lukaku dropped for that. And that's what has happened with this Pastorello interview as well. It's been run on the eve of an FA Cup final from Chelsea's perspective that Lukaku was hoping to be potentially the happy end of a very, very difficult um, and miserable season for him personally. So yeah, it's a mess. I don't know what Tuchel is going to do tomorrow. I can't imagine any of this has helped Lukaku's chances. And I, I, to be honest, I interpreted his statement on um, Instagram to be very much damage control rather than any sort of, Pre, I don't think there's anything pre-planned about any of this. I think he's he's trying to scramble to show, look, I what you've seen on the pitch is real. I am, I am, I do want to try and make this work, and I want to try and make it work at Wembley. Mm.
0: It's one of those annoyingly, frustratingly, uh, you know, things that we we will find very hard to get to the bottom of. I suspect. Um, I mean, I I agree with you in a sense. I mean, I think you're right, actually, Liam. I think the whole lag thing is very pertinent because. I think three three or four weeks ago, let's say, Lukaku, I mean, we were saying on the show, he clearly wants out. You know, that's that's what he wants to do. And that's probably what he relayed to his agent. His agent gives an interview saying much the same thing. And then, as you said, it gets published two weeks later, by which time Lukaku's suddenly getting game time, looking good, getting his confidence back, getting a bit of love, which he clearly needs. I think, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I actually think that for all his uh, bravado, and arrogance and ego I think his ego is actually very very fragile I think he is absolutely a player who needs a lot of love a lot a big arm around him to get the best out of him he he doesn't respond well to people who don't do that JK just like you really like all supremely genius talents mate oh my dear that's why I'm always putting my arm around you really isn't it You do metaphorically your your arms around me at the moment put it
1: out put it out oh sweet thanks very much no you haven't got there you didn't reach me
0: um, I'll, go, I'll go this did, way, that's easier. There you
1: go. Did not, um, uh, um, Liam, did not Tommy T himself mention that strikers were sensitive in a mm. press conference last week and they all needed to be nurtured? He said that, didn't yeah, he? He did.
3: Quite possibly, I'm not across all of the press no. conferences as much as I used to because there's a bit oh. of a rotation going on at the Athletic now. No, but... Well, it was a kind of rhetorical question because he did, in
0: fact. No, he, just... he did because we, we talked about it because I was in, like you, J.K. was intrigued by that and yeah. and I, I I I I totally agree. I, I be, I'll be honest, unless he's completely lying and in denial, which of course lots of people are. The only striker that I know that has got one of the most unfracturable egos I've ever seen when it comes to being a striker is Kerry. And I've talked to him at length about this. So what about gold droughts, mate? What about this? You know, he just, he had he had such supreme belief in himself. I don't think he ever really bought either that or my memory's shorter than I thought it was and can't remember the gold droughts he had and him sulking or he's in denial. But I, that's part of me that believes him, actually. I think He missed
2: so, a load of penalties, didn't
0: he? Yeah, but he was okay about it. I've, I've talked to him about, I, I did an interview with him for, as a bit of research for an article I was writing, talking about that. And even then he said, well, you know, you know, you get a chance the next game to take another one. And I was always up for it, you know, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> and I said, I'm not fucking surprised after that one at QPR. But anyway, we digress. Liam, um, the obvious big, the big issue, really. I mean, we touched on it a minute ago for the cup final tomorrow and the press conference was, was Kovacic and whether he'll be fit. And as I, I think we'd all agree, he'd be a huge miss because I think he's been brilliant for us this season, the times when he has played. And he may well, who knows? But I, I... I, I I think the, the question they were trying to tease out of Tuchel was would you take a risk on it? And he actually said yes. Of course, the other issue is Kante and whether he's back fit because, of course, he might be an option if Kovacic doesn't make it. So what do you what do you think?
3: Well, I think ideally Tuchel would like to play both. Well, yeah. Well, um, not, not Jorginho. Uh, well, that I mean, that's the combination he started against Liverpool in January. Uh, at Stanford bridge in that incredible 2-2 draw and i think they were both excellent in that mm. game i f- i forget exactly who started in the carabao cup final i'd have to look it up again um but i think they are probably the best combination to face liverpool just because you have kante who's better better than anyone else in the world at turning over talented opponents in areas they don't want to lose possession um and then he and Kovacic, and Kovacic in particular, is the best ball-carrying central midfielder in, in the world, I think. There's no one better to, to wriggle through the most intense press and get you moving forward in transition. And, and Kante can carry the ball in transition as well. That, that is kind of crucial to, to Chelsea's game plan, I think. They want to catch Liverpool on the hop, catch them as they're, as they're advancing up the pitch and then try to slip one of those front three in behind their high line. Um, and Kovacic and Kante are probably the best equipped to do that.
0: And they both started. The, they both they, st- they both started in both of those games. By the way, the okay. two and the Caribou.
3: Yeah, so I think Tuchel would ideally love to do that again. But uh, and and of course he says now is the time to risk. But can you risk on both of them, or can you only risk realistically on one? Because. You don't want the nightmare scenario of having to make two substitutions in the first half because no. both of your central midfielders have gone down. So it will be a delicate one, I think, for for Tuchel to to try and calculate and for Chelsea's medical staff, of course, who I'm sure will do everything they can to get them in position to play. We know they're both trained today. Um, so we'll see. But I th- yeah, it's really difficult. And we know, of course, as well, that, that Jorginho has had... Physical problems this season as well. Um, and, and a good he's game just played.
1: Leeds though, didn't he? I yeah, he that's thinking. what I thought. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, he's kind of. I think, it, I think that's been the main reason for his fluctuation in form, though, is that he he's had physical problems throughout the season and he's had back trouble for, for sections of the season. He's just played an incredible amount of football over the last two, three years without much, without much in the way of a break.
0: Of course, you know, uh, Liam, all the, all the J5, uh, you know spunkers for one of a better word would be uh, be saying well you know the reason he's got back trouble he's been carrying the team for two years you see that's what they would say isn't it
3: well i think you know him and him and kante were the the centre mid combination that won chelsea the champions league so very true both both of them have always got that to, yeah. to and I, and i do think they actually you know if you, if you do decide kovacic isn't fit to start Jorginho, Kante, you know they've got that understanding. You know their, their qualities complement each other quite well. Jorginho maybe gives you that little bit of control with the ball. Um, and they've got a ton of big game experience together. So I know neither of them have been at their absolute best for, for big long game, stretches though. of this season. But if you can yeah. muster one last effort, yeah. yeah, the amount of big game experience they've got together, you'd be inclined to trust it, I think, if you were yeah. too cool.
0: Absolutely. I mean, talking of it's a big game and all of that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but again in the presser, uh, um, it was revealed that Tuchel and the, his staff and the players have all bought tickets for tomorrow for the academy players and their and their families, which I thought was a, a very lovely thing to do. Of course, I think this is all to do with the sanctions and Chelsea not being able to spend the money, basically. But a lovely, a lovely gesture, of the, nevertheless. Very, very kind of. You know, it seems to me to be very evocative of what, what Tuchel often says, is that he wants to create a family kind of thing at Chelsea. And I thought that was a really good good example of him doing that practically, if you like.
3: It's good leadership, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think, you know, Tuchel's probably, he's not the first coach to want to create that kind of environment. And he won't, he won't be the last. No. It's just, I think it's just the right thing to do. and in, And in this crazy situation that Chelsea are in, where... You you can't pay for things you could previously pay for, or things that were previously taken as givens. Um, yeah, it does it does help create that image of a joined up club, which is also something that he, he and the first team players were obviously very keen to highlight when they turned up to that Premier League two yeah. relegation decider at Cobham. You know, two calls often at, at youth yeah. games, um, unlike a certain w- Jose Mourinho. Them. Well and and to be fair to Mourinho he wasn't the only one who didn't take um, much of an salary, interest you know yeah Benitez. there, were, there were probably more yeah. uh more in the no interest column yeah. than in the interest column if we're being honest in yeah. the Abramovich era but um yeah Tuchel's very much of the I mean he's from you know he's from the German coaching school so he 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 was and he was a youth coach first so he he's come through an environment where it's logical to look at the youth teams um for potential internal solutions. And I know Chelsea are in a position with their squad where he hasn't actually elevated too many guys, but he has given academy players opportunities, uh, maybe not as many as, as some would like. He might get more of an opportunity to do that and more of an obligation to do that under the new ownership.
0: Mm, interesting stuff. Um, last thing really that, I, that, that, that uh, piqued my interest was uh, the idea, which I think we might revisit us us three as it were later on but the the fact that the, the FA Cup final is not the season finale which of course it was when I was growing up um, which kind of added to its its luster really um, and they they quizzed him about that I mean of course you know the the point being that we now have to right after the cup final focus on two more games and I think one of the lovely things about not just beating Leeds but of course Arsenal combusting last night is that we now only need one win to guarantee third place but they've still got to pull that out and it does seem a shame from a supporter's point of view it was really interesting to hear what he had to say I mean he was ambivalent about it as you would expect him to be because there's a job to do and he knows that but it sounded to me like he kind of agreed with our sensibilities there that actually you know its importance warrants it being the season finale and it's a shame that it isn't
3: yeah and it it feels unnatural doesn't it for it not to be for it for it to be a couple of weeks from the end. I mean, we're we're all very used to the the Carabao Cup being where it is, sort of two thirds of the way through the season. But the FA Cup, Champions League, these yeah. big showpieces go hand in hand with the end of the season, and and that's the case for most of the I think a lot of the domestic cup competitions in the other major European leagues. So I think that's that's what Tuchel was was getting at. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting one when you're talking about Chelsea and Liverpool because. Functionally, this is kind of the end of Chelsea's season. I mean, they need one more point to guarantee Champions League football, but realistically, that Leeds game has probably got them there now. And they've got, you know, some games after this that they could, I don't think they'd have to play too well in order to get the points required. So this is basically it. And this is why, you know, you risk Kovacic, you risk Kante, but it's not for Liverpool. You know, they, they might have internally started thinking, "Yeah, we're not going to win the league now," but they've still got that Champions League final at the end of the season as well. So, I think psychologically, there's a difference between the two clubs that could work to Chelsea's advantage yeah. because for them, this is this is the climax, this is the last chance, the to last end big the game season on it? a high. Yeah. yeah, it's the it's the one last big effort really yeah. for them to summon. Whereas Liverpool know there's an even bigger battle yeah. on the horizon. That a they don't want to get injured for but also they're going to need all of their energy for yeah it's
0: a, it's a good point i was thinking much the same as always we get good points from you liam which is why we love having you on the show and just... uh no because i got tony waiting mate sorry sorry uh, it's half seven uh but uh yeah it's good to see you as always liam no doubt we'll see you uh in a few weeks time are you
3: going tomorrow i am yeah simon and i were Two-pronged approach. Okay. Well, I'll, we'll wave to you from the cheap seats tomorrow. How about that?
0: All right. But uh, like us, I'm sure you have a great day and enjoy it. And as I said, have a good weekend other than that. And we'll see you very soon. Enjoy, guys. Speak soon. Lovely, excellent stuff. There you go. The lovely Liam Toomey from The Athletic there. And uh, we will be back after a very short break. And we've got Tony Evans, football writer and uh, proper, proper old school scouser as well. Anyway, we'll see you in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonalds maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonalds app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com tch jk in all the years you've been following chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on tv
1: fans real
4: opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast total nutters and proper Chels footballfancast.com
0: Welcome back, Stanford Chidge here, Chelsea Fancast, Friday night preview show, of course. And now it is time for this
3: The Opposition
0: View. That's right, I am absolutely, I am very delighted to welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast uh, Mr. Tony Evans, football writer and many other things besides. Tony, we're so honoured to have you back again. Thank you so much for coming along. Oh, it's a pleasure. It was great last time. so... Yeah. Well, we enjoyed it on, on, on the show, but we got some great feedback from people too. They, they, they thought you were brilliant. So it's really lovely to get you back. Um, obviously, we want to talk about the cup final tomorrow. Massively special day in certain football supporters calendar, as in those who are, you know, near, nearer to the end than the beginning, shall we say. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, um, you know, you, you've had a, you know, such a brilliant career as a journalist. I can't not ask you about what's been going on with Chelsea recently and get your perspective on that, but the takeover and everything that's gone on for the last two months, really.
4: I I find it all very, very strange. I mean, I I don't understand how the government can just take away basically the club and enforce a sale. I'm not sure where the money's going. I mean, because you know, if, if the money's got to go to Abramovich because he owns the club and otherwise it's frankly theft, you know, I, I can understand freezing assets uh, and understand that sort of thing. But I, I, I don't get why they needed to uh, basically force the sale of the club. You know, they could have frozen his assets and they could have released just enough of them so the club could continue, you know, for um, a, a reasonable period and um, and not be underfunded. And then, you know, let Abramovich sell the club on his own. I, I, there's something wrong about the whole process. And... I, all of a sudden, then, you had Ratcliffe coming in at the last minute with a, a seemingly amazing amount of money. You know, the man who, like, I remember the Red Knights at Manchester United. And, um, you know, if he really wanted the club that badly, why did he take the 4.5 million pounds on the Glazers? I just feel that like Chelsea are being used by a lot of people politically, and it's not the best thing for Chelsea Football Club and it's not the best thing for the fans. It's definitely not the best thing for the fans and the whole thing reeks to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could have, I could have said that myself, you know, I, exactly that. And I think that's what a lot of them, I mean, I'm on the supporters trust board and and the supporters trust have been brilliant actually. I mean, I haven't been involved at the, at the sharp end so much, but they've been brilliant in uh, trying to stand up for the fans and get the best deal for us that we can. But one, one thing that we've drawn a complete blank with or hit a brick wall with is getting the government to allow members to buy tickets for the last few home games, which is just... I, I, I just can't understand why they can do that, given that they're selling them FA Cup tickets or away tickets. It's madness. Or Champions League tickets. Yeah.
1: What are they gaining? What are they? What are the government gaining from being so, so uh, obstructive in this? I just don't get it. I don't understand what the what the angle is that they're coming from Is it a political is it some kind of political motive i don't i don't get this i don't see what they're achieving
2: what do you think it had to be seen to be doing something didn't yeah. They? They, yeah. they they applied these sanctions had no no idea of the unintended consequences of it and as a result there's been you know people on zero hours or living wage contracts who've been put out of work because the mega store's closed you can't sell programs on the Fulham road all sorts of restrictions put in place. They only just allowed the women's team to operate when they realized, Oh, most of their money's made on the gate. Uh, They've just not, they hadn't thought it through. And Mm. I think the, the MP around there's a Tory as well. And then he was quietly advised, Oh, by the way, all the local businesses in the area are getting compromised by this as well. Then he suddenly started going, Oh, maybe we've, that's a little bit excessive. It's, it's, it's been quite, unsettling watching my club just be used. And we've said here it's like a really shit beauty parade or yeah. um you know the apprentice for even bigger wankers. It's, <laughs> it's not been a, it's just not been a pleasant process. And um thankfully it seems to be coming to the end of it. But I still I still think that um and also if you if you take one owner for associations then you should be doing the same with all others. Yeah. Um we see what's going on with Newcastle and that weird Saudi Arabia kit controversy that's just kicked off today it's but there's not a word been said about it so who knows
4: well i mean that was a very similar thing that you know it was an idiot reaction the government had to be seen to be doing something and then they realized that the chelsea supporters catchment area contains a lot of seats that may well be marginal when it comes up so they tried to rein back from it but it seems to me there's been no clarity of thought and I don't want to come over as an apologist for Abramovich because, you know, it's um, he's been a very good owner for Chelsea but, but and he hasn't got the closest links to um, to Putin. I mean, not, nowhere near as close as Usmanov, whose yeah. obvious connections with Everton uh, are, are important. Um, but, you know, the, 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 there were a whole host of different things they could have done with Abramovich that wouldn't have affected Chelsea Football Club. Uh, but you know what it's like? Football is, it's still, I always say this, still the biggest expression of working-class culture in this country. And it's also, it just it, it blossoms with publicity when you use it for, for your own publicity. And it's become that cliche, I'm going to say, a political football, yeah. which could have easily been avoided. But, of course, this government is so... So clueless and and so has so little idea of what they're going to do next. They just blunder from situation to situation, and I think it, it will hurt the club. And and one last thing on it, you know, I'd say, you know, you're going to get uh, Tabboli uh, and his consortium as new owners. If the experience of Liverpool, uh, anything to go by, they're not the, the Americans. Won't be bad owners. Mm. Then again, the experience of the Glazers says they, they're terrible owners. But um, if, if, if they do it like Fenway, they'll be good owners. But, you know, there won't be the spending. obviously, of the Abramovich era. Uh, the, the club will be set up to make money, you know. And, um, and so it'll be a slight, slight, slight change of culture. But I would have thought that in the sense that Chelsea is a club that can deal with that, has the fan base, has the credentials... So I don't fear too much for Chelsea's future like it did, what, two months ago.
0: Yeah, I think we'd we'd all agree with that, Tony. In fact, we, we've said it a lot, you know, if they're more like the FSG than the Glazers or Kroenke, then we'll be OK. But, I mean, the other side of that coin is is that, you know, we've spent a lot of money, but we've wasted a hell of a lot of money on sacking managers when we perhaps shouldn't have done and buying duds yeah. when we wish we hadn't. So if, if you know, the Bowleys Boley, consortium iron that out, then we may we may we may end up with a much better run club and the one thing that gives me hope is the fact that Bowley's, you know come out publicly and said that you know the best way to make money actually out of football is to ensure that that team wins on the pitch win on the pitch you'll win commercially and exactly. that that that's if you're a supporter you kind of want to hear that i suppose
4: and what Liverpool didn't have when Fenway come in was a top-class manager. You know, they they, yeah. they had um, obviously they had a uh, Roy Hodgson, and then they brought Doug back, and Doug and Fenway never saw eye to eye. Then they went for Brendan Rogers. Yeah. Once they got a top-class manager Jurgen Klopp, then all the stuff. You know, before that they were fiddling about too much with the idea. You know, with the statistics and the, the analytics. And he didn't have a football line, he didn't have anyone who, who had clear thoughts about football. What the, the thing, the positive for Chelsea is you've got Tuchel, who is a you know an exceptional manager, knows what he's doing, knows what he wants, knows what type of players he needs to set his team up. So I would think but he hasn't got
1: actually yet, Tony, has he, really, when you think about it. He's been playing with Lampard's team, he's been playing with other teams. So this is other players from other from other teams. So it'd be interesting to see what uh, uh, scope they give him for getting his players in the transfer market to make it into his side, in the way that Klopp made Liverpool into his side as well, which, you know, yeah. buy, to by well, certain I think, players,
4: you know. I think the Americans are more likely to do that than under the the, the previous regime, you know, where, as we all know, managers sometimes were presented with players that they didn't particularly like, and, you know, Marina would turn up with it, you know, well, yes, you know, uh, what, what can I do with him? So I, I think the Americans are more likely to target what yeah. Tuchel wants, and I think from that point of view, I think that's a real positive.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, let's let's talk let's talk to you about what i really dragged you out on a Friday evening, away from the pub or whatever, to talk about your beloved Liverpool. Um, I'm not I'm not known for doing much research at all, actually. So tonight's a bit of a treat. But I actually kind of went back because it struck me actually how weirdly similar. Chelsea and Liverpool's FA Cup pedigree is actually and I've known this fact for a long time that Liverpool were in their first FA Cup final the year before we were and sadly we both lost although we did get more stuffed by Sheffield United than you did by Burnley but you know Mm. 1913-14 and 1914-15 for those who are interested Um, but since then you know it took you a long time to go and win one your first one was 65 our first one was 70 but there have been kind of periods of dominance in the FA Cup for both Liverpool and Chelsea, you know, us more recently, but we won a few before Roman came as well. I was just really fascinated by that and I hadn't really thought about that. So, I mean, the question really is, you know, where do you as a Liverpool supporter stand on the FA Cup and and, and, and the club's association with it, really?
4: Well, funnily enough, I was just writing about it. I was writing about the, the 65 semi, oh. which um, obviously, and, and for, for a number of reasons. One, as you said, Liverpool and Chelsea's FA Cup pedigree is very similar. Neither has won the FA Cup at that time. And it was the biggest thing in the game. More important than winning the league. You know, it's... um, And, you know, and and it comes to that semi, and, you know, sort of Liverpool, Beatlemania had swept the world. You know, it's like, so Liverpool had sort of were caught up in the coattails of that. Swing in London was massive, you know, Chelsea were one of the symbols that the King's Road. You know, you had Rachel Welsh, we had Sylar Blach.
0: <laughs> I think we got the bad deal, maybe.
4: <laughs> oh, man, man, man! But you know, so, so writing about that, yeah. And 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 there has been, you know, the 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 the, the you know sort of the crossover there, the similarities are, are massive. And for, for me, well, I think for any Liverpool fan who's probably over forty, we grew up with like the, the sixty-five why it was so important, but the semi and the final it was the first time they won the cup. It was the one thing Everton had over, over us in the city. I mean, they were, they were obviously the first team in the city at the time, but it was like, you know, the liver birds will fly away if Liverpool ever win the cup. There was, and, and the rejoicing was unbelievable. But that was the moment that they stepped out of Everton's shadow and became an equal in the city and then pushed on. So 65 was really, really crucial. And, you know, it's, um, and you're know, talking about iconic cup finals. Well, 1970, is, uh, do they get more iconic than that? You know, it's, um, let's face it, you know, and I'm not talking about Chelsea fans here. Anyone of my age who hasn't watched that cup final a dozen times, both, you know, both games, well, frankly, they're not a football fan. You know, it's um, it's one of the great mass brawls yeah. in the history of the game.
0: <laughs> you know, it's uh, And let's role- face it, nobody likes Leeds, Tony.
4: Nobody likes Leeds. <laughs> you know, oh, the, the only thing that will disappoint me this year if they go down is that have will stay up. No, no. So <laughs> do is, you know, honestly, honestly.
2: I had to show someone, a someone asked me about the chelsea Leeds rivalry just after the game on Wednesday. So i I'd mentioned that I think David Ellery had re-refereed the 74 and sent off someone twice. And then I just grabbed the YouTube click of of, was it Eddie McCready? Kung Fu. Kicking Brenda. Yeah, Brenda kicking him head. right in the head. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, and they just got on with it. It,
0: it
1: was. Yeah, no, and bad. there was no foul. Nothing uh, else Play on, play on. on. Yeah, just play um, on. It's it's a, a I
0: dif- it was
1: a different. So, so far away, you probably didn't even see it. That's the trouble. It, it, was, a, it
0: that, was a different world than Martin. Sorry, yeah. on, mate. No, Now that ref retired after of that game, didn't he? I'm not surprised. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, we both got very similar histories in the FA Cup which intrigued me I mean we've won eight you've won seven we both lost uh, seven so uh, annoyingly we're all behind United and Arsenal and uh, Spurs I think if we win tomorrow we'll go clear of Spurs which will really please me as you can imagine but we've got a massively brilliant history between us I think there I mean some of you know you talk about the 70 cup final being iconic I mean Jonathan's generation absolutely it was it was pivotal for his generation but for a younger generation, Martin, and I'm somewhere in the middle, I'll tell you what my pivotal moments were, but Martin would probably quote 97, and when we came back from 2-0 down as one of his favourite matches of all time. Whereas mine is 78 and 82, you know, when, oh. we, when we were absolutely rubbish. We were in the second division, and we beat, the, we beat the then European champions, not once, but twice. I mean, it was just unbelievable.
4: And amid uh, uh, an atmosphere of absolute anarchy, you know, there was um, there was murder on both those games. You know, it was. It was um, I remember, like um, the the uh, all the papers ran that pictured them all fighting over the fences. You know, it was like in terms of encapsulating the probably the best and the worst of the seventies and eighties experiences. Those two games, they they they, they do it for me. You know, it's like you know, I, I it was um, that you know that that walk back to Fulham Broadway. Felt a lot longer that day. Yeah. It was wild, yeah. but the games were, were wild as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was lucky in in a number of ways uh, for the '97 game. Is I was doing the Super Bowl in New Orleans that day, and um, I, I got into the stadium, at the Superdome, and as I walked in, one of the other journalists was there, and he said to me, ah, you're two 0 up at Chelsea." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's all right." You know, went and got myself something to eat and have a drink. Come back, to "Yeah." You know, once we get we're gonna get in the next round. You're knocked out, mate. So at least I wasn't there to see it. You know? <laughs> I've, it so I've never watched it since. But yeah, I mean, great games, absolutely fantastic games. And even ten years ago, the cup final. Yeah. You know, um, you know, sort of, you know, the the Dal-Lish team. That that was wasn't the best game in the first half because Chelsea was so on top. But what, it was a really rouse and finish. You know, and um, you know, one of those games that. Um, you know you come away when you say oh yeah you know, you know we pet- it, was a, it wasn't a bad game
2: the Peta check save at the end is absolutely magnificent it came up as a clip last week and every time you just look at it Carol ran away thinking he yeah. scored it and then yeah looked well, up, wonder,
4: What? wonder if they had goal line technology you know it's because uh, mm. it was and, I mean I think he saved it. I mean I I, I I think like in in uh, 2005 it never went over the line so it's uh, <laughs>
0: one all then. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, actually, that it, it, it's interesting you talk about the 2012 uh, final, because for Chelsea supporters, well, I, I may speak for myself here, but I'm presuming that many will think the same. It, it's kind of forgotten about that one, because it's completely overshadowed by what happened a, a week or so later when we won the Champions League for the, the sorry, I'm sorry, European Cup, let's have it right, yeah. when we won that for the first time. So, it tends to get a bit forgotten about, and, I, and I'm wondering if there could be an interesting similarity here for, for you guys, because you've got the you know, the European Cup Champions League final after this cup final. Do you think the team and the supporters' eyes are going to be more on that?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's very hard to keep the team focused and I mean, you know, we've seen it both ways, you know, Chelsea uh, went went in the cup final and then went on to win the Champions League and, you know, it was, the the way that season had gone, you could see the, the, the confidence building with Chelsea as every week went by. I mean, was A great group of players, they didn't need a manager, they you know, they just needed to be rid of a manager who was getting us all wrong and 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 they coalesced as they went on. I've seen the other way, you know, Liverpool in '77 with the European Cup final on the Wednesday, and you know, it was United beat us. Um, and there was sort of I wouldn't say they had the eye on the bigger game, but they weren't, they weren't fully switched on, so I think you know. I, I, I think the things in Chelsea's favour are really that there's still this, we still talk about the quadruple, although, you know, it's hard to see City um, dropping any points. It's been hard to see them dropping any points for a while now. But, like, you know, the one thing, I mean, Chelsea needs a point, really, to secure top four status for next year because your goal difference is so high that, you know, Arsenal and Tottenham are, you know, and also, can you see them being mentally tough enough to win the last two games? So, kind of think, you know, Tuchel can afford to throw almost everything at this game tomorrow, whereas Klopp can't, and I think that will make a slight difference in mentality. And and you know as well, I mean, yeah, after the after the League Cup final in February, you know, he'll be looking at that and thinking about that, and um, you know, and uh, brooding on that result because, frankly, you know what? It's like. You, you, you look, you look at the um, that disallowed goal, and the, the third disallowed goal, and Lukaku, and it's just a terrible decision. Why VAR, VAR is wrong? None of the defenders thought he was offside. He didn't think he was offside. The murder, he didn't gain advantage. It was a brilliant goal. And you know, in in a sane world, Chelsea would have won. it So I think, I think Tuchel will take a lot of confidence from that, and. And we'll set up accordingly. Whereas you know, Liverpool, Fabinho's out, and obviously he's in the best team.
0: Is that a big, um, is that a big miss for you, guys?
4: Yeah, yeah. He's um, you know because he, he'd be getting into that into that you know the, the base of the Chelsea midfields with them, um, you know, getting into it with, you know Jorginho and Kante, You know, or, you know it's, uh, you know he he does an awful lot to put Liverpool's stamp on that midfield area. And so with him not being there, there's a different dynamic. And uh, so I think that plays into Chelsea's hands as well. Mm. But I I, I think largely, though, the game will be won out wide. You know, I think, uh, you know, you've got, you know, we're going to see Rhys James and Trent on the other side and, you know, both fantastic players and both, you know, have a mass, you know, held the team forward massively, and you know, obviously, you know Andy Robertson as well. And I think that's where, for me, where the game will be won and lost out wide.
0: Yeah, I, is
2: Robertson back for that game? Yeah. I know he played Simicas at the weekend.
4: Mm.
2: He's back
4: yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. Robertson, will be back. He was rested, so so you know they will be there'll be almost a full strength, but without Fabinho, yeah. it's a big drop off.
0: I mean, Tony, you could argue that Chelsea have been leggy since about January, really, but. Uh... It, you know, people have been saying. I've been hearing a lot on the radio and in the press recently. I mean, you've won obviously four out of your last five. You drew against Tottenham, but they've they've not been the kind of dominant performances that we've associated with this particular Liverpool side. When they get ahead, they just absolutely steamroll the sides, and they just they're buzzing around all over the place. People have been saying they've been looking a bit leggy. Possibly, did you buy that?
4: Well, I think you know. I, I think it's obviously going to get difficult, and there's a great. Consciousness that of the games ahead as well. Klops rotated, you know. It's, um, I mean, for example, people, you know, you look at Newcastle, where, you know, it, it was far from his first 11, but they did really well. And they played in a way that essentially they would they just, you know, to use a boxing analogy, they just, you know, kept Newcastle's arms length and give them a dig every now and again. You know, it, it looked they trying to. Con- it looked like they were trying to conserve energy. Mm. One of the interesting comparisons with uh, 2012 is one of the Liverpool players at the time. Once the once sort of the Champions League, you know, sort of uh, disappeared from the horizon, the top four, and um, and there's won the League Cup. The kind of only thought about the FA Cup. They switched off a little bit and didn't really switch on properly again. You know, arguably until the last twenty minutes of the final, and I, I don't think Chelsea will have switched off in this period. You know, sort of the last few weeks. I mean, well, you you know, you look at Leeds I know they're you know, they're not the best side, but they dispatched them with, with ease. But I, I, so I don't think Chelsea have switched off. I think that I think they'll be they'll be ready for this game tomorrow than us.
0: Mm, interesting. I mean. I think our performance. Actually, I, I, I'm not sure if I agree entirely. I mean, I think when we got knocked out of the uh, Champions League by Real Madrid, when you know we shot ourselves in the foot in the first match and made it impossible, played brilliantly in the second mm-hmm. leg, and were quite unlucky to go out in the end, and that you could see that the air went out of the tires for a couple of weeks, and I think that probably explains a lot of the shoddy performances recently. But uh, you know, I think we needed that result against Leeds, and I'm, I'm, I've, you know, speak for all of us. I think we're delighted to have seen it because going into the Cup final tomorrow against Liverpool, who are a superb side on the back of some of those performances recently, would have made me even more nervous than I am already. So uh, we shall see.
4: Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's one of them. They might not have been at the best, hmm. you know, um, in recent weeks, you know, either team. But you know what? They're going to be there. They're yeah. going to be in final at Wembley. They're going to have that atmosphere. They're going to look across at each other. And, you know, we know Manchester City are the biggest bogey men in the, the, the game and you know we know they, they, they've they been set up to dominate for a decade and you know if it wouldn't have been for Liverpool this would be the fifth title in a row we know they've got unlimited money and you know even the Bramovich couldn't compete with Abu Dhabi's wealth and you know we're, we're moving into a different era with Chelsea now so as I say the, the idea would be stopping City and, and City are the, is in everyone's minds but you know once they look at each other tomorrow in that tunnel, they won't be thinking about anything except each other, nothing, got to beat these. And let's face it, two of, the, uh, two of the, the, the biggest clubs in the world, two of the, you know, two of the dominant forces with a history yeah. between them that, you know, cannot not but get you excited. And, it, 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 you know, they're going to go for it. And, it, you know, if... if I think everyone will be totally switched on. Everyone will be given a hundred percent, and um, I think it's going to be a cracker. Let's face it, yeah. the um, the League Cup final yeah. was a nil-nil draw, and that was a storm. Yeah. You, know, you can watch nil-nil draws like that all day and night, yeah. and um, I suspect we'll see more goals tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tuchel seems to say as much in the in the press today. I think you're absolutely right. They're gonna they're gonna absolutely go for it tomorrow. I think, and uh, I don't think I don't think Liverpool know any other way, frankly. And I think that that will make us have to respond. And I can't see too well. You never know. He might he might try and park the bus, but I, I just think they'd be foolish to do it. You know, we've got the players to hurt you, so just let them have a go.
4: I, I, I wondered whether he'd go for a flat back four and, um, and 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 try and dominate the midfield early, and then sort of then start getting down the lines. But you know, it's a. Uh, I was just looking at different ways where you know the, you are the coach. You know, it's uh, how you could approach the game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, the likelihood he's going to go for a three, isn't it? At a, yeah. a central three and, you know, and, and just do what they do best. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly that. Um, so we're all rather excited and looking forward to it, Tony. Um, how do you see it going? Give us a prediction.
4: I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be it'll be the odd goal that wins it. But wouldn't surprise me if it's uh, a 2-1-3-2. You know, I, I, I think there will be goals I don't think um, you know, but both sides have got strengths in the defence. But both sides, certainly with the wing backs, play a risk reward game, and the rewards are massive. But there are risks, yeah. and there is space. You know, there's always space behind Trent. There's always space behind Reese. So you know, it's a uh, uh, both teams will be trying to work into those areas and get behind them. So I think we're going to see goals. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. I'll settle for that. You're not going to stick your neck out and put a score on it, though. You did actually, you kind of said 2 1 or 3 2, didn't you? I think so. Mm,
4: yeah. yeah. No, I'll, I'll go with me 2 I'll go with me okay. All All right. Yeah. 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 Is because of that I, to Liverpool.
0: The, the, well, yeah, I, I would think so, JK. I think it could go either way. But you
4: know what? I'm not going to say you're going to win, am I? Oh, of course, you, <laughs> not. you know. You're <laughs> paying an effort to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you exactly. Anyway. Exactly. You do anyway.
0: Know, well, yeah, true, true. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was another draw. I mean, effectively, all all three games this season have been a draw, which tells you how tight it's been between them. I and mean, you can, you know, it's a cigarette paper between the two oh, sides. I think
4: the, the margins are so, yeah. so small. It's no. not true. It's Going to be a yeah. cracker.
0: Are you going to go? Are You going tomorrow? Yes. Good man. We, well, if we if I bump into you, I'll say hello. And by the way, I now owe you at least two pints. In the in the cask, so you know, I will I will honour that debt at some time when I'm in Pimlico. it'd Be lovely to talk more football with you over a beer, that's for sure. But oh yeah,
4: just uh, one of the great joys in life is uh, a good beer and talking footy. So you know, too right, yeah, you?
0: I'd certainly drink to that. But th- Tony, thank you again for coming on and joining us on the Chelsea fancast. It's really superb of you to do so. Um, I-, I can't wish you luck for tomorrow, but what I will say is that if you let us have the FA Cup tomorrow. I'd be delighted to see you uh, beat City in the Champions League final in, in a week or two's time. Madrid, Madrid, Germany. Real Madrid. I meant, I meant Real Madrid, didn't I? I'm, <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. Well, that'll be interesting, won't it? Because did, you know, did you, you,
2: you turn that semi-final off after 89 minutes or
0: something? Uh, no, I very no, nearly did. No, no, no. I know. No, 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 <laughs> no, I was just having a brain fart. I, I was kind of fixating on what Tony was saying earlier about City and and why why we don't like them. And I was thinking at the time, well, how many European Cups have they got? You know, well, you, for, you're all completely, conflating evil empires. I am, aren't I, really? But there you go. Now, I wish you luck in that because uh, Real Madrid have got far too many. We can't let that happen. Yeah, yeah, you know.
4: It's, um, you know it's, uh, and, and let's face it, the only time we back the Francoists is when the are City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good point. Tony, whatever happens tomorrow, enjoy yourself. I know you will. Yeah, and uh, We will too, yeah. And hopefully we'll get you back some other time. It's always a pleasure seeing you. So thanks for that and have a good weekend. Have
4: a great one. Cheers, Cheers, mate.
0: Lovely to see you. Brilliant. There you go. Fantastic Tony Evans there. Uh, Estimable, I think I called him earlier. Estimable football writer. Very well known football writer and an excellent one, too. So there we go. We're going to have a short break, then we're going to come back for our preview of the FA Cup final tomorrow.
1: Real fans, real
4: opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Football
0: FootballFancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stan Forchidge. And it's the Friday Night Preview Show. A very big, special Friday Night Preview Show tonight because it is the FA Cup final tomorrow. I mean, lordy, lordy. This is what we all live for. Really, I know a lot of you don't understand how special this is. Up for the cup. People used to say yeah. that up for the cup. Well, well we, we, we will explain to you precisely why it's so special in a minute or two. But I, you know where we have to start, J.K.? We have to start with ye old team selection. And this is what your uncle Chidge has gone for. Uh, you Chidge. won't be surprised to hear this. Uh, Mendy and oh, uh, Goal. I, I love these
1: moments.
0: I know you do. I know. Because uh, you, you're the, always the first to say to me, if I ever get it right, Chidge, Chidge you got it right. You got it right on Friday, you say. And, and I love yeah. that. Anyway, I invariably don't, though. That's the truth. But uh, I've gone for Mendy in goal. Rudiger, Silva, Aspilicueta. I just cannot, even though I thought Chaloba was excellent, and actually half of me would much prefer to see him play there, I just think Tuchel's not going to drop his skipper and all that experience. So I, I think I think, I think think Aspy will start. I'm presuming that Kovacic will not be fit enough to play and that Kante will be. So that gives us Kante and Jorginho. And having heard from Liam earlier on and check, checking it out myself that both uh you know that Kanté and Kovacic started both of the uh, the games we've played for them recently the 2-2 and the Caribou I'm a bit disheartened by that, but who knows maybe Kovacic will be fit and he'll pick Kovacic and Kanté. I kind of hope so at the moment. Uh, Alonso on the left because we ain't got no other options, but I I like Alonso so I'm not worried about that. James absolutely starts nailed on on the right. And then I'm staying with the, the three that we had against Leeds. So I've got Mount, Pulisic, Pulisic on the left and Lukaku up front. I think Lukaku's found his mojo, hopefully. And uh, it's a big game. He's supposed to be a big game player. Let's give him a go. Pulisic, I thought, was excellent against Leeds. And I also like the idea of Pulisic on the left. So he can uh, either, you know, two foot uh, Trent, uh, Trent, uh, Terence Trent derby, or, or at least keep up with him when Alonso won't be. So I, I, that's another reason why I started him. The the other thing, of course, is that Tuchel might throw a spanner in the works and say, "Oh, oh, oh, they play with a really high line. I'll play Werner because he can like counter attack." But I'm not sure if that's the right idea. I, I would stick with the three that played really well well against Leeds. There endeth the team selection from Chidge. What do you think?
1: Um, I think you'll play Christensen on the right instead of Aspin. Then we'll have the bizarre situation of having two players. Um, who uh, won't, won't be playing for the club next year? Playing in the cup final, um, uh, and if Alonso, according to the rumours, goes to Barcelona, that'll be three of them. And if Dave comes on, there'll be four players on their way. If, according to the press, um, uh, uh, yeah, I think he'll try and play. Who was excellent? Um, Christensen was excellent against Leeds. Really terrific. And um, poor Rüdiger. Um, everybody shouted out Rudy, and he, he gave a kind of pathetic clap to the crowd when it was the when the uh, there was the illness in the, in the crowd and um, there was the pause, Rudiger came over to the side to speak to one of the, the, the Chelsea hierarchy and then walked across and he got his name got called out and he looked across very sheepishly and gave a little clap but um, you felt that he was, I think he was feeling slightly embarrassed about the whole thing and at the end he was called and he was the very first off the pitch, intriguingly but I, I reckon he'll play um, Rudiger and Christensen and then neither will play next week actually, I think that might be the the shape of things for the for the re- next of the rest of the season. Um Silva will play. And I, I think he'll play Conte and uh
2: and Kovacic from the beginning. Um bring Georginio on later. Uh, that's, just, the- that's exactly what happened in the League Cup final. I think that was with penalties in mind. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but anyway, just bring him on. Even not even necessarily I think I think one of them will not last the the, the 90 minutes, I think, but he'll he'll start with them. Um and, Chinja, I, I, I'd like to agree with you over uh, Pulisic, Lukaku and Mount because they were a very formidable combination. As I said, Mount was fabulous against Leeds. When Mount plays at that level, non-stop, great skill, um, those lovely triangles he plays with James and the joy after he'd scored and Rhys James had provided the the cross for him was fantastic. I loved he it. He
2: loved giving it to the Leeds fans as well. I think it extends from the Derby games, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. Absolutely. Um,
1: but yeah, uh so uh I don't know, ha- Havertz might feel hard done by, but perhaps knowing that there'll be a substitution and Havertz comes on very fresh and it gives them a very different angle might be the, the way forward. I thought zayat came on and played decently. They all played very well against Leeds. I know Leeds were dreadful and just lost it and gave up. There was one dreadful moment in the second half at Leeds where, where we got the ball, and I think it was um Christensen to stop the ball but near the halfway line and nobody challenged him nobody came yeah, in there Yeah, there,
2: there were a few of those moments i mean yeah. there was there yeah. was one where Jorginho basically led the press and crunched one of them high up the pitch he was thinking yeah. Leeds yeah. have given up here they've just gone so
4: but speaking yeah. of the press there
2: martin i think that
1: was what was so important was that they looked back to their best pressing there was never a moment when Leeds weren't harried i think Leeds, there wasn't there can't wasn't a kill there
2: it there wasn't a counter press from Leeds there was there was nothing from Leeds nothing, nothing, I think no. Liverpool will be obviously be a lot of a know, lot, but 20, none the, none times better but nonetheless
1: this is this is the way the team is supposed to play you know and I, I was just very immensely impressed by the level of energy and commitment which they'll have again tomorrow
0: they were, I yeah. mean JK you know irrespective of the opposition they were right at it from the first minute they were absolutely brilliant you know, yeah. and I, I must share this with you because it, it might make you giggle I mean I had a client yesterday that finished about 20 past, 25 past seven. So, you know, then I had, then had to drive home, just a five or 10-minute drive. So I was desperately trying to find it on the radio, not on TalkSport, not on TalkSport 2, not on Radio 5, not on Radio 5 Live. Bollocks. Okay, right, I'll try the fifth app. So I started listening to the commentary on the fifth app, and, uh, you know, I could tell that the match hadn't started because I heard the, the the whistle go. And the reason I could hear the whistle go was that clearly... Somebody hadn't plugged in uh, Cundy, and I think it's Lee Parker's mic. So uh, the entire drive home, well, most of the drive home, I just heard the crowd noise, the atmosphere. Um, But I knew Chelsea had scored because I actually heard the ball hit the back of the net. The the, the effects (laughs) mic had picked it up, and I heard the cheer, and I thought, that's a Chelsea cheer. That's not a Leeds cheer. So I kind of knew that we were one nil up before I got home, even though I hadn't heard a word of commentary. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Cundy and Parker appear like nothing had happened. I'm thinking, is this budget cuts or something? I don't know. Uh, wrong, san- right?
2: Sanctions. They can't plug mics in. There you go. <laughs>
0: Leaf Le- has uh, verified this. He says 5th Dan commentary was away for the first five minutes. So there you go. Um, I think it's about time that we educate the uh, younger Chelsea fancast listeners, of whom there are many, I'm told, as to why it is, you know, we all three of us all slightly different ages but all three of us and chelsea supporters as a whole and the club why this club loves the fa cup so much jk
1: yes it's uh, it's um we're, we're normally not good enough to win the league so we're terribly good at cup competitions it's uh it's as basic as that um um but it's 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 joyous going away and beating teams who uh, are supposedly better than you and you putting in a terrific performance. We always seem to rise to the occasion as well. Um, as you were mentioning, the two Liverpool performances when we were in the second division um, and the 4-2, which is one of the great cup cup results, great cup games. But yeah, we, we, we seem to have um, uh, a capability to um, uh, immerse ourselves in the... Um, the the necessity of playing brilliantly over a, 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 in a tie that's normally just a one leg away or home so it's a cup game and we're up for that and we do that if we can create a side that can um carry on winning premier league uh, league matches as well as um, and you know the marathon of the season then we'll be the the complete team but at the moment we we um what with all the the difficulties we've had all year over playing in the many competitions and the and COVID and everything, I think we've done remarkably well to get to the final again. But we seem to be, um, we, uh, I suppose, it's luck of the draw. Um, uh, otherwise, we would have played Liverpool or or um, uh, who did Liverpool play in the semi final? Um, City, Man City. City. Yeah, City. Of course, we'd have played them, and we were lucky enough to play Palace. But you, you need a bit of luck of the draw. But yeah, it's. It's when you're not winning the league and you can maintain a terrific standard, you become a cup side. And we've always managed to do that. And on occasions when we've won the double, we've done both. So uh, um, I think it's just because we're a, we're a very decent side. I don't think there's a particular mentality to it. I just think it's because... You know, we're going to try and win as many competitions as available. And if it happens that we don't, we can't maintain the uh, the same standard to win the league. We're there for, we're up for playing the cup competitions. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Tuchel is as is, is tuned in as any manager has been about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Martin, you know, you're kind of the generation under me. I'm kind of the generation under JK. You're the generation under me. So I missed 1970, for example. But for me, ninety four and ninety seven were very, very upper uppermost. I mean, you just about get in for ninety four, ninety seven, don't you? I missed. I managed to miss the Dimitar
2: goal in ninety seven because I've gone out and made a cup of tea, and I come back and he's wheeling away celebrating. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, first FA Cup final memories are from ninety three, and I think it went to a replay, and then Chelsea losing to Man U in the pissing rain was the following year. But you know the cup. The, it's Well, the first FA Cup was in 1872, so this year is the 150th anniversary. Next year is the 100th anniversary of the um, first ever FA Cup final at Wembley, the White Horse final. It's just history and tradition. I mean, it winds me up when it gets taken for granted or, you know, people advocate fucking around with it because they prioritise league or they only show statistics relating to the Premier League and they don't include FA Cup. My my main bug, so this goes back to when Fernando Torres was at Chelsea and they wanted to illustrate how he was struggling, how he was bad and all this stuff. So they said he'd scored like this many goals in this many games and it, the numbers looked bad. The numbers only showed the league games. They missed out the FA Cup, which he had scored goals in. They missed out the games in Europe, which he had scored goals in. So this whole thing of disregarding the FA Cup and then bemoaning that certain, you know, younger generations maybe have been don't pay an interest, in, it's because they've been conditioned not to by in certain quarters. So oh. it's yeah, basically for me and I it's not like it used to be with the cup final television the grandstand starting at six o'clock in the morning and all this bollocks, but um, you know, it's it's a day and it was when i grew up it was like i caught the tail end of when it was like the whole day on the terrestrial tv channel was dedicated to the cup final i caught the the end of that so like when grandstand was only showing one event and it was the fa cup final so i kind of picked up through there and then it used to, it got shunted around in television a little bit and um i can see why younger fans say the, the age i was when i first saw a cup final, think of it as a lesser competition, oh, but it really isn't. And if you win it, it's fucking brilliant.
0: I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I I think just to underline that point, we were talking before we went on air, weren't we, that you know, as a kid I could tell you every single FA Cup final for about fifteen, twenty years, you know JK
2: remembers the old etonians well, don't I know, know, he, he not? He,
0: he was he was there. I was there, yeah, I had my rattle <laughs> but you know I could I could t- recite every Cup final. For me it was from seventy. Because yeah. I was five in nineteen seventy, so. so I get... if
2: I suppose, I suppose the thing is, if you can remember FA Cup finals and matches and incidents that you didn't, where you didn't support either team. Well, that's the point. So, like the the Jim Montgomery save yeah. and things like that, yeah. and the, fi- the five and... minute
0: final, you know, United yeah. Arsenal. I remember Tony talking about the United Liverpool one in seventy seven. I mean, I I just have such clear memories of that, and the reason is, is that when when I was a kid. Uh, it was probably the, apart from England internationals, it was about the only game that was ever televised live football, yeah. uh, you know, live football match. And, and quite frankly, it, it, it was the, it, it was, the, it is really still, and people forget this point, it's the biggest match in England, biggest football match in England in the calendar year, you know, the history of it. Uh, the, if you go back to what we were saying about the fact that it was the only one that on on TV you know both ITV and BBC would dedicate an entire day's coverage just to the FA Cup Final the most ridiculous like you know uh, Cup Final it's a knockout uh, you know Cup Final blankety blank you name it awful game shows that they would transpose into FA Cup Final themed ones so it you know when you're a kid it gets into you and it becomes huge and then of course you know we've got such a I th- I don't know I think maybe you see this is the thing isn't it boys I wonder what you think of this I think I think what happened to this club in 1970 was so epochal you know it was so defining for this club even now I mean you know you look at the season ticket holders we've got uh, the oldest demographic of season ticket holders in the country the average age is above my age it's my age about you know let's say between late 50s and early 60s there's a reason for that most of them became supporters in 1970 because we won the FA Cup and people would choose the team they supported based on who won the FA Cup and you know that's what happened with us so I think it's defined this club JK in many respects hasn't it
1: well I almost became a Wolves supporter because Wolves won the FA Cup in 1960 there you go beat Blackburn three 0 and I liked the old gold shirts. And then my dad had to persuade me that going to the Midlands probably wasn't a very good idea to support them. And they, then they didn't do terribly well the next year. But no, by that I'd been to see Chelsea. So the die was cast. But, uh, but yeah, definitely, you're always affected by as a child by the team that's doing well. That's why there's an, a, an abundance of Man United and Liverpool supporters in London because um, uh, they were the teams that were doing well you know, 25 years ago. Um, but yeah, you would hope that uh, um, there are there are many Chelsea fans who've been affected by uh, by seeing the team win, or even in some instances has been pointed out on the on the fancast, wanting to the the underdog. Everybody supports Man United, and Liverpool. Let's support someone else, and I like them. I like the blue shirts. Um, but yeah, it it, uh, it it depends on the media, who the media are pushing as well, and the the, the type of football. And happily, the the um, the club is such an elite club now that. Uh, um, uh, all we need to do, is, as you were saying earlier, is win a. F- we need to on the pitch. If the success is on the pitch, we'll just get. We'll maintain the uh, the hundreds and hundreds of new supporters we get every year. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think that's that's. The, I think I think because it's ingrained in the clubs, you know, people have this horrible phrase, don't don't they? All oh, the club's DNA, but I think the FA Cup genuinely is burned into the club's DNA, and I think that explains why Chelsea have made such a. Uh, maybe an, even an unconscious effort to win it and why they've been so successful at it. I mean, we, we talk every year, don't we, about we very seldom play really, really weakened teams until the last couple of years, maybe. We, we'd put a strong team out for an FA Cup match. We take the competition seriously. One thing I didn't get to ask Tony, which I wanted to, was to ask him why Klopp hasn't taken it seriously over the years. This is the first time Klopp's taken Liverpool to the Cup final. First one they've been in since 2012, Martin.
2: Yeah, well, I think, um, I think it was probably still building the team at the time and with Liverpool the focus was always on the league so I mean the, the Caribbean the, oh, I hate saying the fucking sponsor's name the league cup they won back in February was his first domestic cup so he could he'd be looking to win it tomorrow just purely to you know com- complete the set but um, yeah but, it's but Martin you know, I thought
1: they was South
4: Anfield wasn't it didn't they uh, South? Anf- mm-hmm. Anfield, South Anfield
2: the South uh, that, that, well that's something else you should have asked, Tony. There were some of these colleagues in the media who were coming out of that bullshit. and um what a load of
4: bollocks. Well,
2: you know, there's, there's a lot of Liverpool fans in the media. Pep was spot on. And yeah. the, the reaction to it has proved him exactly right, because they're so rattled. That I, no, 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 no. He's like, yes, you fucking are.
1: But I, I think the 1970 win was actually um significant, because... Um, it, Chelsea hadn't been, been winning anything and had lost the 1967 Cup final and there was a, a great deal of affection for a team, that, the way that Chelsea played football at the time and I think it was I think as you're absolutely right Chidge, it was a very kind of seminal moment for the club just because it, it was winning a trophy, but winning a trophy also over two legs against dirty Leeds, it was, I think large numbers of the of the country were uh, in, in really on Chelsea's side because Leeds were such a a physical detested team, despite their success of that period. It was, you know, some people wanted Chelsea to win. So you have many, many people um, supporting Chelsea just for those two cup finals. And the fact it was over two finals and the fact that Leeds seemed to play very well against Chelsea, who just defended and then got these two goals, particularly the second one off a long throw, just seemed to cement it, really. And so I think there was some... And also the way they played under Sexton. They played a very, very... Um, fluid interesting style of football so uh, um, I mean all right they may have been soft soft and southern but um, and you know all that was related to the King's Road slightly showbiz and celebrities but I think there was affection for them and I think it was a very significant moment for the for the club to actually win a trophy in 1970 and then follow it up by winning the European Cup Winners Cup
0: Indeed, mate. And, you know, as I said recently, there is there has been no no club better in the FA Cup than Chelsea, even though we've managed to. I mean, we've been in five of the last six finals, including this one. We may have conspired to lose the last two in a row, which is just horrible. Um, We need to sort that out. I mean, that's a good point, actually, Martin, isn't it? We can't lose three in a row. I mean, I know we can always say if we do, well, there you go. You know, Chelsea are making history again. But that's not the, kind, yeah. it's not the kind of history I want. I, 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 I'm serious, guys. I am as nervous as a fucking kitten about tomorrow because I cannot bear. I mean, one of the worst experiences I've had at a football match was when we didn't turn up against Arsenal under Conte. And I, I, I mean, I left with Psycho, Phil, Pablo and Stu. And it's the most miserable and angry I've been leaving a football match other than, say, the Barcelona semi. I was just I was just. You know, in deep depression about it because I love winning the FA Cup. I don't. I cannot contemplate losing tomorrow. It'll be awful to lose three in a row. Can't bear the idea of it.
2: No, it's, it's not palatable. But I think the one thing that may work in our favour is that the finals we've lost, the Leicester and Arsenal, we were ex- expected to win, and maybe some of the players expected to win, and then it didn't happen. Here we're very much the underdog, and much like in Porto last year. You know, you may, we may not be the favourites, but don't don't rule us out completely.
0: It's a good point, actually. We tend to do better, don't we, J.K. as underdogs, particularly in the cup, like, like you were saying earlier. Oh,
1: completely, yeah, yeah, because nobody expects us to beat, beat City last year, and yet, um, yeah, I think it could be in our favour. That uh, I think it's it's pretty important that Kovacic plays, pretty important that Kante plays, but because otherwise it'll be. Uh, um, it'll be Cheek and Georginio, uh, which I don't think is um, uh, an ideal combination for the midfield. But um, um, yeah, it, 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 let's let's see what's... I mean, I can only sit back and you know let the events wash over me, see what happens. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's any uh, it, it's a foregone conclusion that Liverpool win at all, as some people, you know. In fact, if any who comes up and says in the five nil, I'll think, oh, hang on, this is exactly the same as Porto last year, so. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, there is always that, and we'll get a bit of that tomorrow. I mean, the, I mean, the good. I think you know, Tony raised some good points. Liam raised some good points earlier. Um, you know, how how do we beat Liverpool? They are a phenomenally good team, but they've not bettered us at all this season. I mean, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to plead the Mourinho on the Caribou. You know, we didn't. We did not lose that match. Um, um you know, we lost on some shonky penalties, but you know, well, was, a shonky a penalty. shonky penalty. But we've matched them. You know, uh pound for pound in every match we played this season Mm -hmm. and I I wonder if I wonder if Klopp's got a you know a bit of a a kind of an issue playing Chelsea not just Chelsea but Chelsea with Tuchel in it I mean you know you often get this saying don't you that oh for fuck's sake you've given this team too much respect and I wonder if maybe he does that you know to come to go 2-0 up at the bridge and then for us to come back 2-2 tells me a little bit about like that you know he was out out fought and outgunned really I think, I mean, maybe that's a bit over-optimistic in the Caribou because they had plenty of chances too. But I wonder if there's a little bit about that. And then there's, you know, Liam, uh, with what he was saying earlier on, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, that this is the biggest game for us, our last big game of the season. Uh, Liverpool, as Tony was saying, got the Champions League after it. Fabinho's out. There's a lot of things that, and we're the underdogs. I mean, there's a lot of things that may make me feel a little bit more comfortable, J.K.,
1: everything you've said is correct but um uh if we play exhibit don't exhibit the same amount of energy we played against leeds or they get an early i don't even think it matters if they get an early goal i think we can so as long as we we play to the plan um play with energy are committed um, do the the brilliant pressing that we do all right it's a different form of pressing as you said martin but i i i um uh i don't think it's going to be a um I've been already told by various frat mates who support Liverpool that they're going to roll us over. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. It's going to be unbelievably close, small margins, as we keep talking about. And I think we may have the ability to um, apply the margins in a in a smaller way than they they will. I, I, I'm I'm look, I think we'll beat them. Mm.
0: Well, I do too. And I think one of the ways we. I think Tony was also bang on about it'll be one out wide. You know, in a sense, it'll be the, the battle of the wingbacks. And they've got two very good wingbacks. But, of course, we all know, we all know the media ignore this completely, but Trent Alexander-Arnold can't defend. Um, and, actually, Alonso can't defend either. But he can... Actually, that's an interesting matchup, really. They can both attack, but they both can't defend. I think Pulisic might be key to that as a watching brief over Trent Alexander-Arnold. On the right, I'm not so worried about Robertson. I think James and and Aspilicueta can look after him. Um if he plays... If he plays, of course, uh, you know, be, Christensen too, although I, I, I'm i not so sure about Christensen on the right, but, you know, he did okay in the Champions League. Well, actually he came up for silver, didn't he, in the Champions League final. But yeah, I yeah. think the other thing is it's 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 about big game players and, uh, you know, Alonso's a big game player. Kante's a big game player. You know, Lukaku should be a big game player. And in a sense, he kind of proved it in the Caribou Cup final. Tony was right. That was a bloody goal all day long and a great one too. Uh, VAR, VAR denied him that, so you know maybe maybe our big players will step up tomorrow, and they are not unbeatable. Liverpool, I and mean, I do think they look leggy, and they have done over the last uh, you know five or six games. So Martin, I think we we beat them out wide again, like we we often do beat teams. Yeah,
2: exploit exploit the spaces they will inevitably leave behind, and the Rudy high line, will, the high line, yeah, indeed Rudiger will have to do maybe have to do a bit a lot of covering for Alonso on that side as well. He's more than capable of doing it. And I think, you know, for some of these players, it will be their last big game for Chelsea. In, in some Good cases, way to go out. their last game. Go out on a high. Do what Hazard did in Baku.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, so I'm i have got one more thing to do, but I'm gonna do the predictions first. Uh, JK. Um
1: uh, I think we'll win 2 0.
0: Bloody
2: hopes, so, eh, mate? Uh, Martin? I'm gonna say Two one Chelsea, very much coming from the heart there. <laughs> the head saying otherwise, but you've got to believe.
0: I'm going to say two all, and then penalties, extra time, and then pe- penalties, as Chris Waddle says, and then Keper will be on. I've got no idea, but the reason I say that is because I've booked a train up tomorrow, and clearly I've booked a train back in the evening, so I get a cheaper deal. And then I and I thought about it, and I thought I know what'll happen now. It'll go to extra time, and I won't get that train. I'll have to pay a bit more, I said to myself. So I've now booked a much later train that will allow me to watch extra time and have a beer or two afterwards. So I think it'll go to extra time because I've been clever enough to get a late train. Now, of course, it'll be over in 90 minutes and and we we might lose and I'll have fuck all to do. But there we go. I can always drown my sorrows. It's not going to happen. Two all will win on penalties. That's my prediction. And there's another good reason why that's important because as you all know, I keep on my phone. The boys can just about see it there. They can't really see the detail. Because it's a bit the lights wrong, but in my phone, this is on my my bookmarked bits on my phone. Picador, surely that's a cigar. That yeah. is that that is the uh, the table of English trophy winners of all time, where we still sit fourth behind Liverpool in, on top, forty-four. Man United second on forty-two. Arsenal uh, third on thirty. We have twenty-five trophies and Man City have twenty-two, and Man City will win the league. I'm sure of that. Uh, So we need to win the FA Cup to keep four trophies ahead of Man City. So it's imperative that we win for that reason, if nothing else. Um, So just to wrap up, really, uh, a very exciting show, a good show, I hope. Uh, Great to have Tony Evans and Liam on as well. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about really is is, is cup final day because we've been so many. I mean, I was saying to Martin before we went on air. You know, I, as I said, I used to be able to remember every cup final for twenty years as a kid, and now I can't even remember which ones when Chelsea won it. We've won so many. I mean, it, it's hard to keep up. So we we're used to going to Wembley. So within that come cup final rituals. I think Martin. So what are your cup final day rituals? I don't really have any to be honest. I certainly don't
2: have any conscious rituals. I mean, the only thing I would try and do is aim to go to certain pubs because I've lived near lived near Wembley pretty much for the last thirty years, but um invariably we get the side of the stadium that um means the pubs only allow the opposition fans in and that's the case um tomorrow. So I'll probably just be just head straight there. I don't know what I'll be doing afterwards, but no no rituals, no superstitions. Um I'll I'll leave that to the ones coming from out of town.
0: Oh meow. <laughs> Mate, I had all these superstitions before I moved back out of town. To be honest, yeah. But there you go, JK. Uh,
1: every cup final, I bake a cake with uh, um, blue and white icing, and uh, I have to eat it in uh, in thirty five seconds. The whole cake, or um, Chelsea won't win. Uh, no, I've just made that up. I have no rituals whatsoever, George.
2: Really.
0: I have
1: Nothing. I don't do anything. No. When I was little, I used to have to look at something twice. I'd look at, say, I look at a policeman by the pitch, and then I'd think, oh, Chelsea will lose if I don't look at the policeman again. It was an absolutely bizarre thing that after a bit I thought, this is such a waste of time. and doesn't seem to have any effect on the game at all. I don't know where I got that one from.
2: But I think um, it's when you got stuck on a traffic light or something, so <laughs> you decided <laughs> you had to stop. <laughs> stop yes, but I, exactly.
0: I, I do, I do, I think rituals are very different from superstitions, I have to say. So, you know, uh,
1: well, it seemed to be associated with superstition as well because it was Chelsea wouldn't win if I didn't look yeah. twice at the police. Um, but no, no I just as long as I, I I will take the same route. I don't go on the um, down to Wembley Park. I always go up to Marylebone, uh, meet a friend at uh, a pub, um, I'll have a coffee. Um, in fact, I'm taking my daughter tomorrow so she can have a coffee. Her well. first cup final. Uh, first well she went to the league cup final mm-hmm. and she, I said to her it's Liverpool it not again she said I said yeah it's them again so but that's at least she's sitting next to me this time because she wasn't she was sitting with a friend um so uh yeah just go and get get the train from um uh Marylebone up to uh, Wembley Central and then wander up look at the blue arch and uh and you have to get there slightly early because they've got these security arches where I've been sitting there and they take an eternity. So you have to take all your belongings out and put them in one of those trays. You know, it really is quite convoluted. Um, and it's going to Club Wembley, except you don't get any of the perks of Club Wembley. You don't get anything, get a meal or anything. You just it's the space. So, um, uh, yeah, I'll get there quite early, I think, and uh, just breathe in the atmosphere um, uh, and listen to the uh, um uh, the the very, very loud music that I have nothing to do with anymore, that she likes, she'll like that. And uh, and observe all the uh, the fans arriving slowly, have another coffee, and, uh, ease into it. And then the butterflies, ah,
0: they'll descend upon me. And abide bar- with me, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: I will, I will sing that. I will be singing all the words, Jim. Yeah, I love that. It'll love be that. up on the screen, and I'll be singing along, and people will be giving me funny looks. But I will sing it. No, I, I,
0: I will too, I think. I will too. I normally do. I mean, as I said, I think rituals are different from uh, from uh, from superstitions. But I mean, if I have a, a ritual that has been happening way before I I turned up on the scene, really. But this goes back, or or, or is it? I think I don't know. I need to talk to Neil Smith about this, and uh, and Psycho Phil. My my impression was that they have been going to the Victoria pub in Paddington for a long time but i may be wrong on that but i mean obviously since 2007 because of course we were in cardiff before that um uh, well i and i wasn't at the 2001 so uh, yeah i mean every final that i've been to every semi final that i've been to since since uh, really 2002 i have Actually, no, because it'd be two thousand seven when it reopened, wasn't it? So every final since then, or semi-final since then, I've been drinking in the Victoria in Paddington before the match, and it's lovely because you see the same faces there there every time, and and all of our lot, a lot of our lot go there. So I'll see Dan Silver tomorrow, Darren Mantle, a load of other people. I hope that uh, the the Marco from Germany will be there in his Lederhosen and his little silver cardboard FA Cup. He's a big Sam fan, but I always meet him there. Uh, and uh, Smithy will be there. Lovely people that I've known for a long time. And Ash Pinto. Ash Pinto's coming over from, from Toronto, and uh, I managed to get Ash a ticket, which oh, is yeah. just beautiful. And he's flying in in the morning, for fuck's sake. So his flight gets in about 11 at Gatwick. So it's going to be tight. Tight as a tiger. So I'm bloody hoping he turns up in time, because that's going to be a bit squeaky bum. But He'll um... make
1: it. He'll make it.
0: Well, indeed. Uh, so there we go. So that's that's my only ritual, really. I and mean, Back in the days of yore, we used to, if we won, we'd all go back to the Blackbird in Earl's Court and get absolutely hammered and throw celery all over the place. But that tradition seems to have died a bit of a death recently. But uh, that's the only one, really, other than just loving it. I'm going to be sitting with Pablo and a couple of his mates tomorrow. Uh, sadly, Stu and Sam and Nick couldn't make it. But uh, it's nice to be sitting with me. I think I've sat with Pablo in pretty much every final I've been to. Or or certainly Stu Stu can't make it because he's got COVID, bless him. So, yeah, it's a proper old day out. I do love a cup final and I love if it. If we
1: win, Gigi, will there be a bus tour? There ought to be. And,
0: uh... Well, they, I doubt they'll be allowed to have one because of the cost <laughs> and, uh, uh, associated with putting it on. They're, they're very off doing it because of the cost of putting it on anyway. The police slap. would will be able to pay for it, would they, no. Though? And the police slap a great big bill on them. That's what that's what's put them off recently so yeah but anyway as I said I'm going to go out there enjoy it and uh, it's a great day out uh, but it's much better when you win of course and that's what it's all about when it comes to finals so good luck to the boys good luck to Tommy Tuchel Um, I hope they manage to pull it off because we need that trophy uh, and we need to beat the Scousers of course Um, boys uh, 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 what a lovely delight doing an FA Cup final preview show we're all going it's fantastic you know everybody on the fan cast is going might see a few of them tomorrow give them a bit of a wave we're all in different places, aren't we? But there you go. Uh, so, uh, Martin, been cracking to see you on the show, as always. Cheers. Thank you very much. And let's hope we get the right result tomorrow. Yes, indeed. JK, absolute pleasure, as always. Thank you for on the
1: show. Yes, the butterflies oh, are starting
0: now. I, yes. I wanted to ask you, did you get on ITV today? Yes. What? Tell me tell me about it.
1: Um, I was with two boys from Talk Sport, neither of whose names I've remembered, who were excellent. Blimey, they knew their stuff. Um, only going to use it. talk. A
2: sport and excellent. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I think they're producers. I don't think uh, they're presenters. To be fair to
1: them. Well, I just thought they talked very, very um, profoundly about Chelsea and expertly. And uh, um, and we had a, the idea was just to have a conversation between the three of us about um, the new owners and the prospects for tomorrow. And we did that. And they filmed it. And they said they'd only use a minute of it. As we spoke for about 20 minutes, I'll be intrigued to see how they edit it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, no,
4: no, was, but yeah, it was
1: fun. It was fun. There were a couple of good guys. I'll find their names and I'll tell you. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to Max, who I sat next to, at, um, stood next to, I should say, at Leeds, who I um, who hit me on the head while doing Carefree and apologised. And I said, uh, it's all right, mate, I should have predicted you were going to do that. And he went, oh, my goodness, I recognise your voice, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I, 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 I listened to the fancast. I love it.
0: Uh, so thank you, mate. I'll give you
1: a shout out. So to Max, who oh, enjoyed, standing, I enjoyed standing next to and hearing, and I joined in occasionally with the odd, um, the odd chant with you. So what, uh,
0: Jimmy Savile is one of your own. Only
1: well enough, I didn't do that.
0: Okay, funny that. Anyway, there you go. Fame at last, J.K. Delighted to hear it. Well done, Max. Be be kind, be be gentle with J.K. We need him, mate. The show would be <laughs> half the show without him. That's for sure. Right, uh, we will be back on Monday, of course, for the main Chelsea fan car show with J.K. me. And Mark Worrell and Mark Meehan, the two marks at 7pm. That's the FA Cup dream team, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, obviously, we'll be looking back at the cup final against Liverpool and ahead to Thursday night's match against Leicester. So, there we go. Don't miss it. For the people in Mixler, I salute you as always. Lovely to see so many of you in there. Enjoy the day wherever you're watching it tomorrow. Let's hope we bring it home. Come on, Chelsea. Up for the cup. <laughs> right. Yes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree and keep it Chelsea. it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnuggets share boxes ready to go